0: hi there welcome into the dead arm sports podcast we are coming at you live from deep in the south where sushi is still called bait. <laughs> and uh, this is the episode once a year where Eric Rick or Eric Shell <laughs> and I pretend like we're Brian Kelly going to LSU.
1: So, uh, let me Well, now I have to question what the hell's going on with Mr. Brian Kelly out there down in the bayou. I mean, it's all it took was a little bit of a little exposure to the old Bourbon Street I think and, all it took was one uh, good meal. All of a sudden, he developed that. He developed that accent. All you know, a little felt bit like that it was southern cooking.
2: Night. He just fell right into it.
0: Yeah, No, that uh, that kicker last night was about as useless as a sub or a screen door on a submarine. <laughs> that line just let them right through, and they blocked the kick. And, woof, and that screen door did not wasn't did good. not
2: have any flex seal on it
0: either. No flex seal, <laughs> none at all. All right, as we usually start out our episodes here, gonna have a little QOTD. And I want to know which of best question of the day for
1: you (laughs) rookie listeners out there
0: which of these makes you want to tell your opponent, you better give your heart to Jesus because your butt is mine? Is it losing by less than a point in fantasy, or would you rather get blown out? I'll kick it over to you, Mr. Ricky.
2: I think I like the blowouts a whole lot better. just just because it, it then I know way earlier in the day that I can just give up and let that go, move on mentally to the next week. whereas if I if I lose by just a hair, that that's really gonna bug me for for days and maybe weeks to come depending on my record because you know if if then I can look back and say, well, maybe if I'd have just fiddled a little further with my lineup, I could have I could have squeezed this one out, but uh, if I get blown out and I know that I had no chance,
1: that makes me feel okay how about you mr yeah, j i'm going to uh i'm going to have to go uh put i guess for me it depends on the time of the season time of the year now if we are in the uh when the getting gets good in the playoffs and I get blown out. I I tell you what, just you know that that makes me uh makes me feel a little bit depressed about my team. Makes me feel like I need to go and uh, visit the old watering hole. Uh, you know maybe when uh, you know maybe when it may not be most appropriate. Maybe you know that sunrise comes up and it's all if it's already time to get to getting. I already gotta you know if my team is getting blown out by uh you know too early in the day. And some, t- you know, down here in the old uh, the Lone Star State, if it's a Sunday, and I already know uh, after Saturday night's games that I don't have a chance. I can't start drinking until uh, afternoon, anyways. <laughs> so, you know, that just makes a little bit more difficult during the uh, during the season on them blowouts. But that really only is applicable during the uh during the playoff season when we do have uh saturday night games but during the during the regular season earlier on that loss on the hair of my chinny chin chin <laughs> i tell you what that's one that hurts that's one that hurts like a gator biting at my at your ankles so i'd uh i think i have to side with uh with uh, Farmer Rick down over there and say that I think I'll take the blowout uh, during the regular season for, for those given reasons.
0: I think regardless of what time of year it is, I'd rather just get blown out and just say that, you know, I just didn't have my best team that week, tip my hat to my opponent, and that's that. Because I hate losing Hate losing by the uh, hair of my chinny-chin-chin, as you put it there, Mr. Jail. And, uh, yeah, let's just – Hopefully I'm on the uh, winning end of those blowouts most of the season. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there.
1: I tell you what, man, ain't
0: nothing guaranteed. Ain't nothing. Nothing at all. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports on that Twitter machine, at uh, on Facebook, and also on YouTube. We are live at Dead Arm Sports. Make sure you subscribe and click that uh, click that southern bell in the corner, southern part of the screen. Dang. And uh, make sure you know when our episodes are going live. If you want to follow Jell, he can be found at Gel. I can be found at DOSJPEC. Make sure you subscribe to us and ask us any questions you want, and we will hit you back very quickly. Ricky, been a long time. Been a while.
2: Yes, it has. Been a
0: long time.
2: Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> been, a while. been a while since this accent's come out, too. It's going to take a little bit of... A little bit of- <laughs> Rolling in the mud to
0: get this going again here. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, for those of you that have been here since the beginning, thank you very much. But uh, this is our stable episode. This is our second annual stable episode. We're going to let you know who our favorite fantasy players are throughout the season. Got our quarterbacks, a.k.a. the ranch hand, running backs, a.k.a. the bell cow, Wide receiver, a.k.a. the horse, tight end, (laughs) a.k.a. the oxen, and the illustrious unicorn. We're going to give you our pick for that as well. And yeah, again, these are just our favorite fantasy players for the season. Favorite guys we have been targeting in all of our drafts. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and kick this thing off and talk about the quarterbacks here. And, Mr. Jell, who, who is your ranch hand? Who's who's helping out on your farm and leading the charge?
1: Now, I don't want to, uh, I mean, no pun intended here. I'm a, you know, with my ranch hand, I go for a uh, the old, uh, old school method. You know, no motorized vehicles down on the farm, but I have to get motorized with my pick here as my ranch hand, and that's Mr. Vroom Vroom Derek Carr himself. <laughs> Now, as we all know, we uh, you know, we don't talk a whole lot of NASCAR on this show, so I have to get my car uh, my car talking uh, down here in the stable somehow. But hey, uh, I <laughs> you know, I, I really think that whoever ends up, whichever team ends up winning winning that uh, AFC West, one of the uh, you know our partners out on the west, uh, the AFC version. I think that whoever wins that is going to have the uh, that quarterback is going to win the NFL MVP, and uh, you know I think that I think that the Raiders sure have a darn tootin' good chance at uh, at being able to pull that off. Of course, it's it's the uh, very very uh, most difficult division in the NFL to win. However, I do really like their offense. Uh, I like I like the hiring of Mister Mister Josh McDaniels, a uh, nice a uh, nice nice boy himself, and uh, you know I also love that Derek Carr, very very much a uh, Christian man and. And uh, have to have to toot, you know, have to give him his respects uh, as well on that front. So I, I'm I'm all on the Derek Carr train this season. Uh, Devontae Adams coming over from the north. Uh, I know we had a, a northern farmer on last year. Now it seems that he may have migrated himself down a little bit further south. But Devontae yes, Adams did the same. He uh, went from from about as far north as you can go in the Midwest for an NFL team. Well, that ain't exactly right, but <laughs> but he did uh, make his way down to the uh, the southwest uh, into into the desert and joined, uh Devonte Adams, joined Derek Carr down there. He he helped Aaron Rodgers, the old um, the old psychedelic treatment boy himself, uh, did help him wear to win the last two MVPs, and I think that he's going to help Derek Carr do the same uh additionally las vegas bad defense and i think that's gonna end up forcing Derek carr into a lot of shootouts and therefore i think that he could be a uh, uh a little bit of a fantasy uh fantasy asset to you and could absolutely be your ranch hand out on out on the farm
2: to add a little uh, fuel to the fire on that one uh, if I remember correctly, Vegas has the AFC West as the division with the most 50-point games expected this season. So certainly, picking a quarterback out of that division is the way to go if you want points.
0: Absolutely.
1: And that's hey, you know that's and that's why I have him up there. I mean, it's going to be tough for him to uh, outperform uh, your, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, who may end up being the number one overall quarterback in the league. Patrick Mahomes, uh, same possibility there, and, and Russell Wilson, just a very, very tough division. However, uh, I think the value for uh, Mr. Vroom Vroom Derek Carr is absolutely there. I think he's a great third-tier option, have him uh, slightly higher than uh, my, my uh, compadre down here in Dallas, Jared Jones' boy, Mr. Dak Prescott, uh, have uh, Derek Carr slightly ahead of him, as well as Mr. Kirk Cousins. Former, uh, for, and previously, as previously mentioned, ayahuasca uh, connoisseur Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers, and um, and Matthew Stafford not knowing what his arm is looking like. So I like Derek Carr is uh, a little bit better of an option than all four of those other players as well.
0: Before we kick it over to Mr. Rick, I did see him wetting the whistle with the Nectar of the God and forgot about that segment here. So, Mr. Rick, why don't you tell all the listeners what you're sipping yeah, on?
2: I just got myself a little Oktoberfest, get ready for the football season from the and uh, Google's Brewery up there in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. So I'm just, you know, in that fall mood. It's a little chilly today. Feeling, feeling a little Oktoberfest.
0: Very nice. How about you, Mr. Jill?
1: Oh, just, uh, you know, went down to the old watering hole, and, uh, they, they sure lived up to the name. Just got myself a little H2O for the episode today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was at a bunch of hoot nannies over the weekend celebrating some of the kinder birthday parties, and, uh... Had a little too much beverage myself, a lot of Oktoberfest, so I need a little caffeine pick me up today and they're having a little sun drop action. So, a little soda pop for you sun guys. Drop? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> a little sun drop. Been a hot minute <laughs> since I have made one of those. A little, a little throwback Man, to the old coachman's yes, days. There it is. <laughs>
1: That is a that is a shocker.
0: <laughs> All right, Mr. Rick, who is your ranch hand this well,
2: year? Well, Jellis kind of alluded to him a little bit there, talking about Kirk Cousins. Uh, I, I see a, a bright future this season, not necessarily on the record for the Minnesota Vikings, but offensively, I think there's a lot of points to be put up on the board from them. They've got themselves a plethora of weapons with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen looking like his old self again. KJ Osborne, Irv Smith, they've got a a pile of guys who are ready to catch passes, and Kirk Cousins, who has just been, you know, steady as ever for the last many
1: years. And
2: good good old steady steady Eddie, Eddie,
1: man, that's what you need in a ranch hand—somebody that's going to live it, get up every day, get up early in the morning, and be that steady, uh, steady hand.
2: And you know, throw in a, a Minnesota coaching change going from uh mean old mike zimmer over to uh (laughs) the the nice fella kevin o'connell coming from the los angeles rams who gave matt stafford one heck of a good season last year so i just see the the weapons the coaching and the consistency out of kirk cousins making me think that you know if i'm in a draft and i miss out on one of the the top top notch quarterbacks i have no problem with kirk cousins being one of two guys i might grab later in the draft so I I see high hopes for him, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Vikings later in this uh, in this episode. Yet,
1: oh, little foreshadowing, like that little Rick. <laughs> I have to agree with you on the coaching change between uh mean old Mike versus now the nice Kevin O'Connell coming in. Uh, you know, I I, I think back to uh, when I was a trick or treater, and I'd imagine. Mike Zimmer would be one of the fellers that maybe give you a, you know, instead of a nice piece of candy, he might give you a roasted maggot or something, <laughs> and uh, where where nice Kevin O'Connell maybe give you a nice a uh, nice fried alligator tender or something. So a lot of a uh, lo- very large difference in uh in between those two those two coaches and mean old Mike versus nice Mister. Can't Mr. say Kevin. I've ever
2: trick or treated. Where you have been trick or treating? I must say. <laughs>
0: I'm, hey, I'm wondering how Mr. Mike Zimmer finds him an alligator up in the north. <laughs> <laughs> My ranch hand this year is gonna be none other than Mr. Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. Aye, ouch. You can get him in the middle rounds of your draft, and you draft him, and I guarantee you'll be happier than old blue laying on the porch chewing a big old catfish. He's gonna get you some rushing touchdowns, some passing touchdowns, Mister A.J. Brown coming over from the Tennessee Titans. Devonta Smith still there as well, and they're gonna have a nice rush game. And I tell you what, he gets to play against the Giants and the Washington Football Team, A.K.A. the Commandos, twice a season each so those are some nice games there for him but he took a step forward last year in that offense it's going to be his second year under the offense there and i i like him this year so i i think you can do a very nice job picking in the middle rounds get your quarterback there and you'll be very very happy
1: I have to agree on the Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think that, uh, especially with the uh, the rushing opportunities that you know are going to be there, uh, they do. Uh, Chase Young is already out for the Washington Commandos. Uh, has already been ruled out for the first of uh, first month of the season. So that's an opportunity for any any quarterback, any offensive player playing against the Washington Football Team to. Uh, to potentially take advantage of his absence.
0: Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to a running backs, aka the bell cow. And Mister Jell, why don't you kick this one off? Well, I have. Uh, I, tell <laughs> I tell you what.
1: I tell you what, but fellas. <laughs> I'm going to stick with one of my southeastern boys. Uh, bo- uh you know, he went to uh, went to college down in the in the Carolinas at the University of Clemson, and uh, now staying down in the southeast with in the Jacksonville Jaguar backfield. and That's Mister Travis E. T. N. Uh, I- I'm absolutely loving getting Urban Meyer out of town. I think that's gonna wheel. Will- I tell you some, what, Mister uh, very-
0: Jell, that Urban Meyer. I wouldn't walk across the street to piss on him if he was on fire.
1: <laughs> would you piss on him just down at the just down on the range? Yeah, if he was on fire. <laughs> just the same for side fun? Street, would you would you do it then? <laughs> Maybe. It's just walking for you. That's <laughs> walking for you and the opportunity to piss on someone's leg. <laughs> I can't, that's one of them tougher ones to have to give up. That's, uh, that's quite the opportunity that you would have, Mr. Mr. J Peck. But, uh, back to Mr. ATN. I absolutely love Doug Peterson coming in, uh, with the absence, uh, with the exit tree of, uh, Urban Meyer. And, uh, th- I think that that's going to do some very nice wonders, uh, you know, maybe, uh, put on a little bit of a magic show, a little sleight of hand, uh, with this Jacksonville uh, Jaguars offense. So I absolutely love the potential there for for Mr. ATN. He did have 78 total touchdowns at Clemson over four years. That's almost 20 a year if we're doing the math. So I love the uh, the, the college production. He's fully recovered off of his uh, his previous injury. His main backfield competition, James Robinson, coming off an injury himself, an Achilles injury. I don't think that's no joke. So uh, I I think he may be a little bit eased in a little bit, and it's gonna be ATN's backfield. Additionally, they have used him out wide as a receiver. Now that's now we have seen uh, the good the old Christian McCaffrey be used in a similar way. And that's uh, when he was used in that three-down package out wide in the slot and uh, in the backfield. We saw some incredibly productive years out of uh, Christian McCaffrey before he was injured. Now I, I ain't gonna go out here and say going on that far of a limb and say that uh, Mister Etn could uh, reach Christian McCaffrey top numbers, but I think that the production is absolutely going to be there for Etn this year, and he there is. There is going to be some value for you, uh, if for you, uh, you fantasy drafters. Yeah, he's one
0: of those guys that you got to risk it
1: to get the biscuit for. And, uh, where he's
0: getting drafted, it's not a bad spot to take him, but, uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. Mr. Ricky, who do you got as your bell cow?
2: Well, if we turn back the grandfather clock one year. <laughs> I I selected the same bale cow as I did last year, which is Mr. Ramondre Stevenson, who I've I've had a crush on him since he was coming out of college, out of Oklahoma, looking like a speedy little bowling ball. And it... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and now you know, Uncle Bill. Uh, reports out of camp are uh, that Uncle Bill has a serious crush on this guy. Which, <laughs> it, for those who know Uncle Bill, that's a rare feat to accomplish. Bill is just raving about his hands, his route running ability. Uh, James White just retired, so all signs are pointing that a lot of passes are going to be headed Ramondre's way. And in terms of efficiency and production, you know. It, on a carry-per-carry on carry basis, he was going head-to-head with uh, the 15-touchdown Damian Harris last season. If that balances out even a little bit more in Ramondre's direction this year, a little more early-down work, he's going to have a lot on his plate and a lot of fantasy production to be had because I do not see this Patriots offense being a high-flying, deep-ball-throwing, Mac Jones-led offense. This is going to be run-through-the-run game and that is a, a combination of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, and I see all of the upside on the Ramondre side of this dynamic duo in the backfield. I I cannot speak highly enough of his potential as a, as a receiver and a three-down back, especially if Damian Harris gets hurt at all. Ramondre will be a top 12 running back immediately if that happens to happen this season which running backs always get hurt at least for a little while so i think we can expect some of those weeks as well
0: i like that pick a lot fighting bills up there new england are gonna be running the ball like crazy like you said and Ramondre, i think i'd rather have him over mr harris anyways i think his potential like you said especially dynasties through the roof and redraft this year i think this could be his year how about you mr gel you like that pick
1: I really think that uh, if you uh, you know we already see Bills out here grinning like a possum eating a sweet tater when <laughs> he sees Ramondre Stevenson with the ball. So I think that if you uh, if you are going to go that route and go with a New England Patriot running back, and uh, I think Ramondre Stevenson is the easy pick for you to make. Another another you know Oklahoma Bowl himself, and uh, you know sooner hardly now. <laughs> Well my
0: pick for my bell cow, we're gonna go up to Motown in the Motor City with Mr. Dan Campbell's biting kneecaps. And we're gonna talk about Mr. DeAndre Swift out of Georgia.
1: Speaking of biting kneecaps, I tell you what, and we're talking bell cow. I lo- I know my dog Sonny. Man, he loves him some dried some dried cow kneecaps <laughs> to chew on. <laughs> I bet he
0: does. (laughs) I just, I think the Lions are going to be a better team this year and be able to run the ball more, which will help out Mr. Swift, even though he's very, very good in the passing game. And, Lions are gonna have those games where they're just fighting in garbage time, and you know what, Mr. Swift is out there on the field too. He's gonna to be busier than a cat covering crap on a marble floor this year, and I just, I think he is easily could finish in the top ten in the running backs this year. Mr. Goff's gonna find him out in the flat, and he's gonna get him some touchdowns as well. So, I think Mr. Swift going in the second round of your draft is a great rb1 or even an rb2 option for you if you went rb in the first round
2: i could not agree more i i had been considering mr swift for my selection as well i have uh high hopes that he will have a whole bucket load of receiving yards to go along with whatever rushing the lions are able to do and as you said they'll be down in a lot of games and he'll still be on the field through all of it so i i expect you know uh, I don't want to go to that Christian McCaffrey comparison, but if there's anybody who has never done it who has a chance to go that path in their career, I don't see much of a better argument than DeAndre Swift out there.
1: Well, Andy, if we know anything about Dan Campbell and his uh his philosophies, it's all about getting them big old hogs up in the middle of that offensive line going and best way to get any of those offensive linemen going is a is a very steady Power run game, and that's what, uh, I think DeAndre Swift is going to be able to offer you both, uh, production on that ground game to get those, get those, those war hogs going, get them roaring, get them, uh, get them tusks fighting, and, uh, and really, uh, have them propel forward, and so DeAndre Swift offers you both that, uh, that p- ground and pound game, but also the uh, potential upside in receiving. True yards.
2: definition of a bell cow, if I've ever seen one.
0: Absolutely. Well, we've got our ranch hands, somebody leading our farm, and we've got a bell cows. gonna win us some prizes at the fair. Let's get over and find us a horse that we can ride into that fair. And Mr. Rick, why don't we kick it off with you? Who is your horse this well, year? Well,
2: one of my favorite horses to talk about and think about and put on all my fantasy teams is Mr. Michael Pittman. I, Mr. Pitty Mr. City. Mr. Pitty City. I have been rostering Michael Pittman ever since he was a rook. Since he was a little... What's a what's a baby horse called? I I am not... A, a colt! Col- oh, a col- perfect... Is that really it? Hal, what a perfect
0: (laughs) perfect man. Wow, I didn't
2: even plan that. Philly
0: or Colt? (laughs) I believe that's a boy or a girl, a Colt or a Philly. Well, would
2: you look at that? Because he is an actual Colt, and he has a brand new (laughs) quarterback in town, a very old ranch hand, but one who still can get the job done because this ranch hand was never a very mobile one before, and he's not going to be now. But he has been supporting great wide receivers for his entire career. His name is Matt Ryan, if you haven't heard of him. He used to be down in Atlanta. And now he's going to be throwing mostly to Michael Pittman. Dating back to Matt Ryan's very first year, he's been supporting usually a top receiver with at least 1,300 yards, sometimes north of 1,600 yards, often with 7, 8, 9, 10 touchdowns to go with it. So for this to be a wide receiver one for Matt Ryan in a uh, solid Colts offense led, of course, by Jonathan Taylor, heck of a bell cow he is, anytime they need to pass the ball, it's first going to go through Michael Pittman. I think it is a guarantee that Michael Pittman ends this season with north of 1,200 yards and I'd say at least seven, eight touchdowns. I, I really struggle to see a way he doesn't eclipse at least those numbers and it could be a whole lot higher depending just how much of that target share ends up in Michael Pittman's hands he always wins his one-on-ones in in practice in camp he's causing fights because he's so darn competitive I just see every reason in the world that this guy's gonna show up as a stud and a, and a top probably top 10 top 8 wide receiver in this league in these next couple years and I think that starts right now with Matt Ryan a top, a cult, top cult if you will Indeed.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I'll, you know, just some of my two cents on the dollar here for you. You know, literally in this case, uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And my only issue with Michael Pittman is he may not have the opportunity to reach that water. I am not a map Ryan Believer, a Maddie Ice believer. I think he is about as washed up as a as a hog that just got done rolling through the mud, and uh, you know the the and the farmer was ready to start cutting that boy up for some bacon. So I think that uh, he is quite washed himself, and. You know, I, I, that is my only concern with Michael Pittman. I absolutely love him as a receiver and as a horse, but uh, I do not know if he's going to have the proper opportunity to uh, be able to really show off himself and show off those magical talents and those magical hands that he really has.
0: Mr. Jail I'm gonna have to disagree with you and side with Mr. Rick here because Mr. Pittman had a pretty decent season last year and Mr. Carson Wentz was throwing him the ball and if if you recall that guy was out there looking as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs (laughs) and I just I just don't think that uh Mr. Matt Ryan's quite done yet might have a little mr river's situation there from a couple of years back where he was pretty decent and was all right and i think mr ryan's still still gonna be able to sling that pigskin around and mr pitman's gonna be the beneficiary of that mr taylor's gonna command quite the workload there as well but i think he's gonna be just fine there being that wide receiver one in the big city at indianapolis Mr. Jell, welcome back.
1: Who is your horse? Well, thank you, sir, for the introduction. <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, former Jaguar himself and former uh, Chicago Bear and go with Mr. Allen Robinson Third. Now, you know, if you know anything about his grandfather, that guy had a story to tell anytime you saw him. So uh, Mr. Allen Robinson the the most senior out there man he could he could he could talk your ear off all day all night. So that guy, you know, Allen Robinson uh, the third, however, man he can catch a football with any of them. I think that I'm a I'm a large believer in his quarterback Matthew Stafford being able to support uh, both of his uh, starting wide receivers. Uh, Cooper Cup, he ain't going anywhere, but we don't need him to go anywhere because we got Mister Matthew Stafford, uh, the old the old bulldog, uh, former former Georgian himself, and uh, I really think that Alan Robinson him getting out of uh Town, as uh, the the Northerners like to refer to Chicago as more like Chicago, if you if you catch my drift, Chicago. <laughs> We don't like oh, them, them damn, Yankees up there sometimes. But hey, uh, he's good for him getting out of there, uh, getting out of town, and uh, I think he's got a lot to prove. Uh, very, a uh, very tough situation there previously with with Mister Matt Nagy as his as his coach, Mister Justin Fields as his quarterback, and now he's going into a prolific offense that can absolutely uh, will absolutely show that. Two wide receivers ain't too much to support out in L.A. They can support two teams. I think they can support two wide receivers.
0: No, I, I love that pick. It's uh, the Bears offense, too. I mean, it gets up there in the hot, low temps up in December up there. gets colder than a witch's tit and a bat, brass bra, and they just like to run the football quite a bit and don't pass as much. So Mr. Mr. Stafford had a very fine season last year, leading the Rams to the, the promised land in the Super Bowl, and – Mr. Allen Robinson's got his best quarterback he's seen his entire career. How about you, Rick? You all in on the Allen Robinson choo-choo I, train? I certainly
2: believe in all the logic behind why Mr. Robinson's going to have one hell of a season. I I have one question for the two of you, and that's simply, are there any fears about this supposed season-long season long elbow injury that Matt Stafford's just going to be managing all season, is that a concern for either of you? Because everything else makes perfect sense to me that Allen Robinson is is undervalued right now and he's going to have with himself one heck of a season. I, I believe that's possible, but it depends on Matt Stafford's elbow for me.
1: Well, Sir Matthew has come out and said that he does not uh, expect to have any limitations uh in his play on the field due to that injury so uh may, may uh, require a little bit of extensive rehab during the week but on game day uh matthew has said that he does not expect uh he expects to be 100 percent and being able to make all the throws that he normally would make josh i don't know if uh, you have anything to add on to that
0: Gives me a little bit of a cause for concern, but that guy's tougher than a two dollar steak, and I think he's going to be fine. We've seen in the past him fight through some injuries when he was up there in Motown, and I—I I don't know, little cause for concern, but I think he'll make it through the season just fine.
2: I did see a clip the other day. I don't know if you fellas saw this goofy ass noodly looking Amazon football that they've been trying to promote. It looks like a—it looks like a nerve <laughs> football, but. I saw Matt Stafford pick one up and throw it what seemed to be like 100 yards. So I think, you know, on the surface, it looks okay. <laughs> Was
0: it one of them Vortex it,
2: yeah, yeah. footballs you used yeah, to have back exactly in the day? That's exactly what it looked like. It, it, it's
1: <laughs> one of them NFL straight like a, it's balls. Like if
2: Tom Brady deflated a regular NFL football quite a bit and it just became <laughs> sort of long and narrow. And,
0: and it, he, he launched that little sucker. Well, my workhorse is a little bit like Mr. Ricky's. Mr. Ricky's was a Colt, but mine is a full-on Bronco. He is a bucking Bronco, and that is Mr. Coltland Sutton up there in the mile-high mile high city of Denver, Colorado. Mr. Coltland Sutton finally has a good quarterback there. Had Drew Locke and Teddy, Bre- Teddy B there the last couple seasons, and both of those combined are about as worthless as gum on the boot heel. And I just think Mr. Wilson coming over from Seattle is going to have himself a fine season. He's been wanting to unleash, and I think it's going to be all good things. Like you had mentioned, Mr. Rick, earlier on in the episode, they have the most projected 50-point games out in that AFC West, and I want a wide receiver that's going to be a part of that division. And I think it's Mr. Cortland Sutton. Now, he does have Mr. Judy lined up opposite him, but... Mr. Judy hasn't really done much from his fine, fine days down in here in Alabama, and we don't know what we're going to get out of him in the NFL. Maybe he's just not an NFL receiver. We'll find out. No better opportunity than this year with Mr. Wilson, but Cortland Sutton is my horse that you can ride to the promised land for your fantasy lineups.
1: Oh. Uh, reports out of reports out of camp have, that, have been that Russ and uh, Mr. Russell Wilson and – court and the sutton have been uh really uh on point you know like like two dancers doing a two step dance out there so really uh really uh out there connecting with each other on a on another level than some of his other receivers in the past so uh, i i think that he has a lot of potential to uh, have a great i couldn't agree
2: more i it, it may have been a while since i last been on this podcast but I believe once a year ago, I had said, welcome to the Cortland Sutton podcast, because we had talked about him so damn much last year, (laughs) and here we are again, talking him up, and I believe it more now than ever. He's got all the talent in the world. He's a big-ass horse, in this case, Uh, (laughs) playing for the the Broncos, with Bronco. weird-ass Russell Wilson throwing him the football. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Cortland finally break out into what he has always had the potential to be now that he's got someone with an actual arm ready to throw him a, a, a football many, many times every game. So this is going to be fun to watch out in Denver.
0: Speaking of big-ass horses, let's move on to a oxen here. We're going to talk about our tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and kick this one off i haven't went first yet mine we talked about a little bit about city chicago and that is where i am moving for my tight end somebody you can find after all the big names are gonna be gone and that is mr cole comet out of chicago Mr. Matt Nagy is finally gone. So we're going to see a prolific offense here, hopefully. As uh, the resident Bears fan on this podcast, and I want to take a minute to put Mr. Matt Nagy on blast. He was as confused as a fault in a fan factory these last couple years there and had no idea what in the hell he was doing. If brains were leather, he wouldn't have enough to saddle a June bug. <laughs> I just <laughs> There's not going to be a whole lot of offense up there in Chicago this year, as much as my little heart desires at least, but I think Cole Komet is going to be a fine piece of that offense. Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery are going to be pieces there, but there is a lot of target share left over from Allen Robinson leaving last year. Which he wasn't even that good, but we'll we'll see what ends up happening this year. But I think there's Cole Komet is gonna be their second option in the passing game. Mr Jimmy Grandpa Graham is finally gone, off riding off into the sunset, and Cole Komet is gonna be a nice red zone target. Mr. Donnell Mooney, it's not all there for the red zone. He's more of a deep threat and gets you into the red zone. But Mr. Cole Komet is going to be flying high-catching them footballs in the end zone this year, and that is why he is my tight end oxen.
2: Well, I firmly agree on that one. Uh- there are two key details with Chicago. Number one, they're probably going to be losing a fair amount this season. And number two, Them. <laughs> And number two, their, their <laughs> offensive line is not going to buy Justin Fields a whole lot of time. And those two things combined means that they're going to be throwing a lot and they're not going to have a lot of time to do it. And that means tight ends are your best friend. And that is where Colt Kmet steps in to fill that void.
1: My only issue with Cole Coman this year, and that ain't got nothing to do with his talent. I loved him coming out of out of Notre Dame as well, but I mean, the truth is, with that Chicago offense, you can't, you know, you, you can't just butter its butt and call it a biscuit. This is that offense is just absolutely terrible. Something that the uh, the old raccoons might want to scarf up. So I think that's my only issue with this uh, Chicago offense is that it uh, it's ex- going to be extremely limited and uh, a lot a lot of times your your oxen's are most uh are most valuable in the red zone and i don't know how many opportunities they gonna have in that red zone that's my only option that's my only argument against mr cole commit
0: and that very well could be. We'll find out there. But usually even the bad teams in the league, you still have some diamonds in the rough there. Look at some of the Lions last year. Mr. Amon Ross St. Brown was a fantasy darling down the stretch, and their office, offense was very, very useless there. So we'll see. He's just somebody to take a shot on at late in your draft. you got to have a tight end flyer if you miss out on some of those. The great big oxen leading you through the through the western mountains to the green pastures of the – <laughs> Wherever. <Ava. laughs> <Anderson Land. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> all right mr jill who's your oxen this
1: year? <laughs> i'm gonna go up into uh old yenzer territory and i'm heading up to pittsburgh and i am a big fan of mr pat Fryermuth. now i have noticed it seems like the the old steelers and maybe this is a function of the Rooneys. They really like to to keep their draft picks in state. Now we saw Mr. youth coming out of Penn State last year, and now this year their first round pick, Mr. Kenny Pickett, uh, not the kind of picket uh, that uh, not a, the kind of picket fence that you may see uh, trying to guard my oxens in, but. Uh, Something uh, a, a a true ranch hand out there in in Steeler world, but however, I'm here to talk about Mr. Pat Frymuth. You know, kissing titties. We already know kind of what he's able to deliver on an offensive uh, level. He was just named a a co offensive captain this uh, this uh, on this fine Monday afternoon. So, are you pretty
0: excited uh, about and, and him I... winning that starting role, Mr. Jill? <laughs>
1: I gotta be honest, I ain't too excited about that. Gotta be honest, and that information came out on Labor Day. I don't know what it's like to have, a, uh, for you lucky, uh, lucky folks out there, what it's like to have Labor Day off, because every day is Labor Day down here on the farm. But, uh, That news did come out, and we know that Kissing Titties, he doesn't like to throw the ball downfield that much, and that's going to only open up more opportunities for Mr. Frymuse. So I really like his uh, potential here. He did show some real nice things as a rookie, and a lot of times you don't see much production out of them rookies as tight ends. So him coming into year two, after having a successful year one, I I can absolutely see him being a difference maker at the tight end position.
2: How long do you envision Mr. Trubisky? Is gonna have that role there in uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, he's year after year he shows little flashes of big plays here and there, and then he shows the absolute worst plays in the NFL for that season. What can we expect for when Kenny Pickett's gonna gonna take over there?
0: Well, Mr. Pickett himself has to has to be pretty upset there being behind Mr. Rudolph in the depth chart. i reckon Mr. Pickett feels like he's been eaten by a wolf and shit over a cliff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, th- I i think that you know i mean there's only uh, you know how how many days is it going to be till the cows come home and mr tomlin decides it's time to make that switch so uh, i mean it can't be you know can't be too many weeks into the season i'd imagine that uh, by you know by the time that the trees really start to turn colors well, you might see a quarterback change out in uh, Yenzerland as well. You know,
2: I think Mike Tomlin would look real good in a cowboy hat. Never seen that, but I'd like to. Oh, I know he would. Oh
0: yeah, very, very nice. <laughs> How about you, Mister Ricky? I know last year was uh, the birth of Pitts, but who do you who are you <laughs> rocking this year as your coxie?
2: <laughs> well. Well now last year Kyle Pitts that, that show was a fun selection for me and as much as possible I want him on my teams again this year, but that is not who I've selected as my oxen. Kyle Pitts is being drafted just a little too high for me to, to talk about him today, so I'm going with Bigger Smith. Ah damn Minnesota. He's been he's been on and off the injured reserve list for years, but the story remains the same, this man can catch balls, he's got good ass hands, he's a big fast fella. And now finally he's got the tight end room all to himself. As I mentioned earlier with mister Kirk Cousins, this is probably gonna be a pretty high flying offense, lots of passing. They they won't win every game easily, so they're gonna be throwing regularly. Their defense is not spectacular. So I expect Kirk's gonna have to spread it around a little bit, obviously. He's uh, Irv's got competition with Justin Jefferson and company, but I expect that there will be catches for the tight end as there always have been in Minnesota. But now instead of being split amongst two fellas, it's all going to be funneled to Irv. And to me, the only question is, will he have another random ass injury that takes him off the field or can he stay healthy for the bulk of a season? And if he stays healthy, then I have no doubt that he will be a useful tight end in fantasy this year. He falls into the same category as your two oxen for me, which is if I go out of a draft missing the first, you know, five-ish oxen, then I'm happy to to double up and and take my shot on two of the later round fellas like Cole Komet, Patty Curly Fries, or Big Irv Smith. (laughs) Happy with any of them fellas because they all got high potential and they're all falling a bit in drafts relative to those early fellas.
1: Yeah. Man, you got me thinking (laughs) Arby's now. (laughs) Yeah, poor old
0: Big Irv. He's been looking like 10 miles of bad road the last couple years, and I think he can finally – if he stays healthy, I want a piece of that Minnesota offense. If you miss out on Mr. Jefferson or Mr. Cook, and why not throw a late round flyer on Mr. Big Irv uh, Smith out of? He was out of Bama a Yes, it? sir, he Roll was. He's time. only twenty-five years
2: old. Even after all he is, he's twenty-five, and that is prime time for tight ends to really start making a difference in this league. I think this year's the start of something good for a Big Irv.
1: You like Mr. Irv, Joe? I only have a small concern in that Kevin O'Connell's offense last year in Los Angeles uh, did not uh, did not feed the tight end much at all. Now I will say Big Irv is plenty more talented than than Tyler Higby or the uh, uh, previously uh, previously highly touted Gerald Everett. Uh, however, Irv Smith, if he when he is on the field, he is a much more uh, dangerous of a target and therefore uh, you know I, I think that uh, he's an absolutely worth uh, taking a shot on this year however tempered expectations only because uh, we have not seen Kevin O'Connell no relation to Mitch uh, have any impact on uh, have any impact within the tight end room.
0: We're going to move on to our last category here, and that is talking about the Rainbow Shitting and Unicorns. And these are our players... <laughs> <laughs> these are our players you can find in the very, very, very late round of your draft to take a flyer on that could prove very, very useful to you this season. Mr. Ricky, you have yet to kick off a category, so I'm going to throw her over to you. Who would you... Who are you riding off into the sunset? Just make sure you stay away from that horn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, I'm going to dip into the same well as before. Similar to Mr. Michael Pittman, I'm going with rookie Alec Pierce out of uh, Cincinnati down there in Indianapolis playing along with Matt Ryan who, as jealous sees as uh, over the hill, I see as a man who was never mobile and still won't be who has continued to support thousand yard receivers and pass catchers year after year. I't I'm not saying that Alec Pierce will get to or even has a chance at a thousand yards, given that Michael Pittman is in that offense. But as a, as a rookie receiver, what you can hope for is something more in, the, in that ballpark of seven to 900 yards and, a, and, and several touchdowns. And I think that is definitely possible for Alec Pierce, who spent his college career. In practice every day, going up against Sauce Gardner, every single uh, report out of camp has been that Alec Pierce is is winning his one on ones. He's learning quickly. Matt Ryan is building trust with him. Heck of a red zone threat as a as a taller receiver who can win at at uh, at the high point of the ball. He's he's got every chance to to be good given that he's going to walk right into that uh starting running uh wide receiver rotation you know paris campbell will be a little competition for him but the those two along with michael Pittman, will be the on the field most plays of the game along with jonathan taylor and uh, big ass mo Alec cox so i i see a bright future for alec pierce and i think that that Matt, I think dicks. that that can start <laughs> this year with Matt Ryan at the helm. Now, I know Jealous is going to have a problem with the Matt Ryan part, but aside from that, I I I got to believe you're believing in Alec Pierce.
1: I have to say I am uh, – I. Given that we are speaking of potential late round picks, some of the unicorns, uh, that's why I am going to be on, on your side here with Alec Pierce. Yes, there is uh as mentioned uh some concerns on uh on Matty Right Matt I Maddie Ice Matt Ryan. Uh however I think that if you know, I, I'd feel uh, you know about as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine if I was able to get Alec Pierce late in the uh, late in my draft.
0: Now, if Mister Matt Ryan throws it back and uh, starts playing like he was thring, slinging the <laughs> slinging the pig, slinging the old pigskin around with his papa in the holla, now. Back in those Atlanta days, Mr. Rick, we had a very fine example of Mr. Julio Jones and Mr. Calvin Ridley, two fine wide receivers. But however, one put up a lot of yards and didn't put up any touchdowns, and the other one put up quite a bit of touchdowns. Could you see a similar situation in India with Mr. Pittman and Mr. Pierce?
2: Well, you know, I, I can't rule it out. It's certainly possible, but Mr. Pittman is also one heck of a red zone Threat. So the combination of both Pierce and Pittman, there's a lot of touchdowns to be had as long as they don't all get stolen by Jonathan Taylor, which is a certain possibility. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor-Thomas one, one so. heck of a touchdown <laughs> score. so I, I can't be certain how these touchdowns are going to fall, but it definitely could end up being that one gets the yards, the other gets the touchdowns. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. That said, there were plenty of years uh, in Matt Ryan's career where he was supporting two great receivers with a combination of yards and touchdowns whether that be Calvin Ridley and Julio or Roddy White and Julio he has supported two dominant wide receivers many times before and i can see him doing it again you know we know last year was a drop off but we also know last year that the Atlanta Falcon receiver situation was a, a real piece of dog poop And instead of a receiver, they had to turn to their best pass catcher, their tight end, their Ox and Kyle Pitts and who managed to break a thousand yards in his rookie season. So now that Matt Ryan's being, you know, surrounded by real talent at more than just one position to throw to, I, I see high upside for both fellas. It may not fall exactly the way we all want it, but it's definitely possible and that gives me hope.
0: Very nice. All right, Mr. Jell, who
1: is your illustrious unicorn? Well, I feel that a bucking Bronco, all he needs is a little horn, and he can turn into a unicorn himself, and that's KJ Hamler. I really think that if you're able to get KJ Hamler as a potential final pick in your draft, you'll be feeling fat and sassy. <laughs> He can cut through defenses faster than a hot knife through butter, and we've seen Russell Wilson uh, be able to really succeed with some of these deep threats in the past up in the p- hashtag PNW, and I don't see why he can't support another uh, third receiver such as K.J. Hamler. Potentially, a, uh, I think there is potential for a, him to be uh, representative as a new version of Tyler Lockett uh, for, for them Bucking Broncos and uh you know Russ has already come out and said that he is a, going to be a dynamic wide receiver three so i think that uh, there is a very real possibility that you could get KJ Hamler as your uh, final round pick and i'll tell you what i'd be i'd be happy if uh, if i was able to do that as i think that there is some some boom bust potential and we have Additionally, we have seen uh, injury issues with both Colton Sutton and Jared Judah in the past, so I think that uh, if one of them, one of them two boys goes down, it's going to be the KJ Hamler show to step in and take over that role. Oh, I could,
0: I could definitely see that as well. Mr. Tim Patrick had himself a fine season last year as that wide receiver three in that Broncos offense, and. Again, that was with the illustrious
1: Drew Locke and Teddy B throwing him the pigskin. And man, Drew Locke, I tell you what, he's coming back MVP this season. (laughs) He's he's gonna take over for Gino. It's gonna happen.
0: All right, my final pick here for my unicorn is going down to the south, down in your neck of the woods, Mr. Jell, and the big old D, and that is Mr. Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama University, a rookie. We have news that Michael Gallup is going to be missing some time to start the season here, and I think that's going to give Mr. Tolbert enough time to solidify himself in the lineup and. Be able to plug him into your flex spot, maybe to start off the season. Mr. Dak's going to be looking to throw the ball. We got Tamari Cooper that has vacated his presence up to the Cleveland Browns. And Mr. Tolbert is going to be able to go into that wide receiver two spot and fill in very nice. I think he's going to catch on faster than green grass going through a goose.
1: All right. I have to say, I, I, I uh, yeah, definitely a big fan down here in the old Big Day uh, with uh, Jalen Tolbert. I, I am surprised that uh, you know. I think Michael Gallup naturally will be a great unicorn given his, uh, his last name. However. That injury history may not allow him to gallop a whole lot this season, so I think that uh, I think that that is a great pick, Mister Mister Tolbert, a, a rookie wide receiver. Maybe Mister Gallop will gallop his way into your horse
0: pick for next year, Mister Gel. We'll find out though. <laughs> See if he makes it into
1: the stable. Can he gallop <laughs> all the Feels way like there? I can have a whole
2: lot better luck over there with the Denver Broncos than with the Indianapolis Colts. Then he could really let the let the galloping begin.
1: <laughs> all right well that'll do it maybe switch sports and become a philadelphia philly
2: (laughs) (laughs) now tell me do, do phillies gallop i maybe i'm just missing something here
0: I believe that's a, is? Horse, is that right? a baby, that's a female. Is that right? A baby girl horse. I had always assumed that that
2: was just a person from Philadelphia. That is news to me. I think it is. I think for it is. <laughs> I
0: was just gonna say <laughs> I think it is for them, but for the for the purpose of the stable episode, we're gonna pretend they're it a is baby a horse. horse. I remember seeing a Philly's
2: mascot looking like a horse at all. That was never something I recall from my childhood.
1: Well, they don't really have a mascot that is actually anything. It's just that big yeah. green glob of uh, that green furry like glob. old no fanatic. <laughs> Philly fanatic. All right, well, that... Gotta imagine inside that suit smells bad enough to gag a maggot.
0: <laughs> that gotta be pretty bad. <laughs> All right, well that'll do it for our second episode or second stable episode in the history of the Dead Arm Sports podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Dead Arm Sports. If you want to follow Jill, he can be found at Dos Jell. I can be found at Dos JPEG. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Make sure you click that bell down in the lower right hand corner. Dang. Thank you for the ding, Mr. Jill. That way you'll know when our episodes go live, there's a little chat box on the right of your screen. You can ask us any questions while we're live, and we will be sure to answer them. If you miss our live show, you can send us any questions at deadarmsports, at dosjell, at dosjpec. More than happy to hit you back with any start-sit questions as we get into the season here. Mr. Gel. where else can they listen to us through the ear holes?
1: Make sure to hit us up on... Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pod. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give her the old five-star rating, and we will be uh, be happy as a peach. You can always also find us on YouTube.com. We are currently live, but we will uh, and we will uh, continue to go live at least once a week, maybe twice, maybe three times, depending on how uh, how we're feeling on on that given day. Make sure to subscribe there as well, and uh, we will be able to. You will be able to get all of our content, Mr. Jill and I'll be back
0: a little bit later on in the week to recap the wonderful first weekend of college football and give you a little predictions of ours for our NFL season upcoming. Maybe a little awards and some divisional winners there, and be back a little bit later on to preview Week One of NFL football and Week Two of college football. But until then. Thank you all so much for listening, Mister Ricky. Thank you so much for gracing us with your oh, presence again. Welcome. Really appreciate you making a comeback and coming back from uh, the old dude ranch you're on for the past year. Learned a lot, I see, about the old uh, the old stable. Oh there. yeah.
1: <laughs> How all the crops doing?
2: <laughs> oh, they they're coming along real nice. It's
0: been a pleasure, fellas. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: all right, Mister Jail calls are
1: out. Well, just make sure that you do subscribe, rate, and review. We are here to deal your (laughs) pickles.